And here we go again. Welcome to The Brian Oak Show, episode 341. I'm Brian Oak, and that is Sean Bernard. And we're here in the Smart Start MN Studios in beautiful, especially today, South Minneapolis on Chicago Avenue, just a little bit north of the creek. Sean, you know how there are certain TV theme songs, oh, like, whatever, they, they matter. You remember them. You can sing every single word. I was walking out of the house, and you and I have already worked together quite a bit today, and here we are at it again. Yep. I was walking out of the house, and I was like, ba-ba-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da. And I think that show was already off the air before I was born, but I remember watching reruns. Oh, yeah, of, we all got to see the, the reruns. I, I Dream of Jeannie, Barbara Eden, oh. Larry Hagman. Whoever that goofy guy was, who was his friend, that was also the goofy guy friend on the Bob Newhart yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I loved that show, but that intro between the cool animation and the nature of that song, right in my wheelhouse. So I have been well during the pandemic. I watched a few of the old classic shows, but what I have been watching right now is the old Taxi. Oh yeah, uh, show. And, I can't get they, I I can't they, get myself to skip past the theme song because I freaking it breaks my heart. Every time I hear it, I just get that I gotta I gotta listen through the whole thing. Even if it takes another minute to watch the show, I'm like, I gotta hear the taxi. Well, it sets that melancholy tone. Even though it that does. was a comedy show, they were all very much working class, scrabbling to get by on a day to day basis. A wide variety of characters. It was a brilliant. Show. Where do they show Taxi? Because I, I watch a lot on, of old I think TV. it's on Netflix, maybe. Okay. You know, I'll know. watch Me TV, you know, and I'll watch maybe an episode of, of Andy Griffith or Mash. Oh yeah. But then they get to Gilligan's Island, and I wanted I wanted to have fond memories of Gilligan's Island. It's so corny yeah, that it's impossible that. to watch. It's yeah. um, and that breaks my heart to say because you know little buddy and the little coconut radio where everyone has to do the twirlies and they set up the little bike that generates energy and I I I, I remembered loving it so much more as a kid. As an adult, Gilligan's Island is not good. No, I was I really was a kid raised by TV. You know, oh, latch same. Key, latchkey kid, that whole thing. Yep. Like, but I loved it. I'm I, like, I would have much rather done that than had parents that doted on me and showed up to my ball games. And they're like, and they're, they're like, we're going mushroom hunting today. <laughs> Who's terrible? <laughs> uh, it is the Brian Oak Show podcast, episode 341, powered by our friends at Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company, the Ignition Interlock. It's a piece of hardware they install in your car so you can drive again. What do you mean drive again? I'm driving now. Yeah, but if you ever drink and drive, you will lose that license. That's a given no matter what else happens in the scenario, and you're going to want to be back in your car sooner rather than later. And frankly, everything else about your DUI is going to cost a tremendous amount of money. Money, or so I've read in ancient texts, um, you are going to want to be able to get back on the road and put your life back together. And our friends at Smart Start MN can help you do that. Yeah, all of that will happen if you get caught. And by the way, you will, you get, will caught. get caught. Listen That's... to that. A couple of dads over here saying like, I mean, you know, we're not mad at you. We're just disappointed. Is it, was there anything worse, at, like hearing that as a kid? But I've actually, I said that to my one of my children. Of course right? you did. Yeah. That's the way. You're a dad. You have disappointed. My, my mom had one that was even more of a cruise missile. Growing up Catholic, you know, guilt is a very, very important part of my foundation. Yep. I, I, I rarely argued with my mother. My mother is a, a queen. I love yeah. that woman. But Gotta of course, as Judy a teenager, yeah. you're going to butt heads every once in oh, a while. Yeah. And any time she felt like the argument had run its course, she would look at me with a very stern look and be like, "You do whatever you think is best." And then turn around and walk out of the room. And I have friends from back and then been like, all right, fine, bye, fuck mom, see you later, boop. I couldn't do it. I, she never once lost an argument with me because that's how a good Catholic mom works. Now, this actually goes, our guests are wondering what this, there was a specific time where somebody got their ear pierced and mom wasn't. Oh, really not f- one. I pierced them both. And my, yeah. my mom's like, you can do whatever you want when you go to college. Before your, what do you call it? Not a house party. What do you call it? Open house. Before your open house, do not get them pierced. So because I was a rebellious punk rocker in the spirit of Abby Hoffman, <laughs> Charles Bukowski. I went and got them both pierced like a week before. And that was actually the last time my mom ever had to say that to me. We had a big talk about it. I'm like, mom, it doesn't matter. I got a week left of school and I want my ears pierced. And she just turned around. She, as, as she looked at me and said, you do whatever you think is best. And then she turned around and walked out. Those fuckers were out an hour later. God damn it, mom. I love you. Dang. 
But I did get them re-pierced as quickly as I could. Anyway, we've got a guest to get to. There's music on the way, and we have a couple of excellent people to sit and chat about that with for a while. But before we get there, I like to pick a song when we get things started here. Now, you'll admit, Sean, even though I've played them a few times now, mm-hmm. in the nearly, what, four years, three years? How long have we been Almost doing this? Almost four years. Almost yeah. four years that we've been doing this show. I've played very, very little Queens of the Stone I Age. I thought there was going to be Queens of the Stone Age like every other episode, based I, I on did your too, love for them. To be yeah. honest, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm like, no, no, you guys don't understand. Tangled Up in Plaid is this brilliant, modern, broken, multi-time signature classic. I didn't want to be that guy, man. I like the I like the guests to pick the music. To me, yep. that's my favorite part, but I do like to pick a song. I mean, after all, my name is on the show. Um, <laughs> and Queens of the Stone Age, who I have been very very hesitant to overshare they're going to be here in a week and a half and i'm so excited my daughter and i this is our band this i believe will be either our seventh or eighth time seeing them together they're performing at the armory the new album is good they did make us wait another six years for it but what are you going to do so this is not off the brand new record this is one of my all-time favorite songs because it does feature time changes and it features some of the most blistering face-melting rock and roll you're ever going to hear there's a reason this is my favorite band on the planet way to not oversell it why don't you settle down and sit down and learn a little something queens of the stone age everybody knows that you're insane on the brian oak show
Cold ending. <sighs> I can't. Here's the deal. You get older and you get pickier, right? You get pickier about what you're going to spend your time on. You get pickier about what you're willing to stay up late and see when you have to get up for work at 4 a.m. the next day. Queens of the Stone Age, man, I've seen them a dozen times and I will never not see them ever again. Unless, of course, I'm in an iron lung, in which case I'll probably ask some of you to help wheel me over there. Well, now you made it sad. It's always been sad, Sean. I hate to break it to you. My name is Brian Oak, and that is Sean Bernard, and we are happy to be here. Sean, shall we meet our guests? Let's meet them. I would like to. Doug Collins and Randy Broughton are joining us here in the Smart Start MN studio. Let me ask you a very important question, Doug. What the fuck are you doing here? Wow. Um, that's I, I was good to see, uh, busy getting my face melted, A. Eh? <laughs> Well, sure. I mean, like you had a choice. But yeah, anyway, I, I yeah. didn't. I did not. Uh, we are here to, um, first of all, just to to glory in the glow that is all things Brian Oak. Oh, was that good? Was that good? Or was well, too, I mean, much? I know, too much? But just nobody believes it. Yeah, I know. I, 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 it was really hard for Let's me to get that out. out. I'm having a little acid reflux. Right it's, now. Okay, it's okay. Um, and I didn't mean to come on so strong. First and foremost, let me say hello, gentlemen. How are you? Good. How are good. you? Good. Good. You Thanks good, for having us. Yes. Yeah, gladly. Um, what I meant to say, if I weren't such an over-hyped-up prick right now because of Queens of the Stone Age who have clearly gotten into my blood, <laughs> what I meant to say is it's nice to see you, but we're here to talk about something specific without revealing all the details, because I like to do that slowly over the course mm, of the podcast. True drama. As it's unfolding. True oh, dramatist, yes. Uh, a true drama queen is what you meant to say, and that's fine. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what we're looking forward to. We're looking forward for something in at the end of this month. Yep, September twenty eighth. September twenty eighth. We're looking forward to water. Okay, Gilligan's Island. Yeah, we're looking forward to like I a. Hope gil- not. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. You you broke the seal on that. All right, and sorry, Randy. Is that why you, you keep calling me Skipper, Randy? Is that? <laughs> well. Doug calls me little, little buddy. buddy. I do Doug, all the time. Doug, you said you recently watched Gilligan's Island I did. yourself after, I'm assuming, something of a gap between yeah. watching episodes, right? Oh, sure. You know, when as I was saying during the break, that it was just like growing up, that was always like on after school. And then once I got older and then my son, it would still it was still on. Yep. And so he would watch it and we he watched it in the same way that I did. It's just like it's on TV. Yeah. I've tried to explain that to him. I was like, how could you watch this? It was so bad. It's just like it was on. Yeah. Well, it's not like you had a choice. There were four channels. Right. And yeah. he's like, he's of the generation where it's just like, you know what? We only had one channel that was dedicated to us. Just like, oh, really? Instead of like an hour a day <laughs> and maybe three hours on a Saturday, you poor thing. Because I was trying to fit in as much TV watching as possible. Agreed. I, yeah. my, I would spend a great deal of time with my grandmother uh, when I was younger. My parents were still very social. And so the amount of Lawrence Welk and Carol Burnett show that I've absorbed <laughs> in my lifetime. Carol, that holds oh. up. Carol Burnett holds Absolute. up. She, yeah. she is a legend. She's a Lucille Absolutely. Ball level yes. legend. Yes. Her ability and her talent. And it's weird. If you watch Turner Classic Movies or one of the oldies movies channels, Carol Burnett had a really robust movie career long before that show landed. I mean, that show landed because she was already an established, brilliant comedian. I th- always thought she was beautiful, too. And there's a lot of people who say, oh, she Carol Burnett? I'm like, I thought she was gorgeous. Part of it is that she was so damn funny that it made her even more attractive. Well, I mean, she's no Carol Channing. I'll tell you that right well, now. Who, yeah. <laughs> Randy, uh, I have a question for you, Randy. Where are you from? Wasika, Minnesota. Wasika, Minnesota. Home of the Blue Jays. What was it like growing <laughs> up there? Did you like it, or we could you did you hit the ground running at fourteen? Well, it was a great town to grow up in. I lived on a farm until seventh or eighth grade. Can it, I ask what kind of farm? Well, we started off with. Pretty much everything. Okay. You know. I mean, like when you say everything, do you mean giraffes and pterodactyls <laughs> and soybeans? What do you mean by Pretty everything? Pretty much everything like that. Okay. No. All right. All right. <laughs> no, I mean like I mean, sheep I and you, cows. But... And we had actually, when I was very so we young. Used livestock more than horses, crops. Horses, chickens, and yeah, yeah. crops. Okay. All right. But then I graduated to helping uh, my neighbors, you know, bailing their hay and... That is hard work. Uh, really I hard work. I, see, I, I always I love to hear these like stories. No. I mean, there were days you were up at 5 a.m. shoveling oh, yeah. animal shit out of a barn. Well, I milked our neighbor's cows one summer. Well, that's Norwegian what they say couple, still and I would go, And so I milked the cows in the morning, milked the cows in the evening, wow. and did the farm work. So in between fondling udders 
when when does an that was inst- the name of his first band? <laughs> when when does, <laughs> when does an actual musical instrument? Not that there's not a certain sweet sweet music in milking a cow, but when does right, a, when save, does an actual musical instrument land in your hands? How do you find music? Well, my mom and dad both play guitar since I was born, and my mom played accordion, and she actually oh. played in a couple wedding bands with my aunt, one of my aunts. So, I mean, did you have cool back porch farm nights with people playing live music? No, we didn't. Oh. <laughs> but, Never mind. I'm not cool. But every Sunday, my dad and mom would play. My dad would play lap steel guitar. And Why? Guitar. Oh, wow. wow. And then my first public performance was with my mom in church, and I played guitar, and she played accordion. And uh-huh. I was probably, you know, 12, 11 years old, something like that. Maybe even younger. And you got the bug. So when's the first time that you and a couple of your yet-not-qualified friends put together some crap-ass teenage band because that's what everybody does? When did that happen? Well, that would be the Exotic Embers, and I believe I was in... <laughs> did you have matching sports You didn't just say coats? Exotic Embers, did Oh, he you? certainly yeah. did. That was the name of the no, band. Was is... named after the restaurant, or was it... <laughs> no, Exotic Embers, not oh. just Boring Embers. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, here's the thing. I'm a Martin Denny guy, and Exotic <laughs> oh, Embers... Ex- exotic Embers sound like like a band that is playing down at the Holiday Inn and they're opening up for four Jackson and Jill and they've all got these beautiful <laughs> red crushed velvet matching jackets. What were the exotic embers well, like? Well, this was 1967, so I was gotcha. like ninth grade. We did wear like little ties and I remember we had all matching shirts and maybe... It was the style. Yeah, at that time, kind of dressy, dress up. Yeah. Well, you have to look sharp, even though yeah, you're playing we a... We had nothing else a going version, for. Uh, yeah. A version of rock and roll. <laughs> Doug, we've talked to you before on this show, so we've heard about your, your, your dirty, dirty past yeah. before. Mm-hmm. But what do you think, like, at some point, was there ever a point that you hit a wall where you're like, I'm fucking done with music. I'm not doing this oh, anymore. Oh, sure, sure. Really? I mean, I'm one of the, um, I think there's a whole bunch of us who, like, kind of came up and then, like, you know, real life kind of has a way of, like, you, you get married, you have kids, and all of a sudden you realize... You know, you're talking to four o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's not it's not the same thing. Six o'clock, it's a totally different world. Not true. I believe that anyone who has to get up with an alarm clock is not living according to the way God planned the I, universe. I, I, and so when people are like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, what time do you get up? They're like, oh, I don't know, 6.30, 6.45. I'm like, that's still fucking terrible. Right. Thanks to, thanks to the pandemic, I told myself I'm never going to use an alarm clock again. Wow, that's a bold claim. It was kind of a bold <laughs> claim, and I've done it. Because I've just like, I'll go to bed earlier than I really want to just so, because waking up with that, I always think of like, it's like, you know, like a drill sergeant, like getting right next to your ear and going, wake up. Because, you know, you never wake up with an alarm going, oh, that was pleasant. No. I was in the middle, I was in the middle of a dream going through a field, Mm -hmm. you know, singing and watching the sunshine. Oh, and here's this little tiny buzz that's getting me up. Yep. It's always just like somebody grabbing you by the scruff of your neck and pulling you out. It's almost pulling you onto the floor. Right. Yes. So anyway, so I, um, I, um, kind of my then wife got pregnant in 19 with my son Jackson. These things happen, don't they? It it, it does. You know, there's cause and effect. And, uh, So she went and got herself all pregnant. Yeah, I know. I said, how did this happen? Exactly. And then I went to mass. No, um, oh. but um, no, but seriously, I, it was like, it, I had to make, I had to make the call and I was just like, do I want to do, I wanted to be like, I wanted to be the good dad. I wanted to make sure that I was there and I didn't realize that you could do both. Yeah. So I was just like, well, what I'll do looking back a terrible decision um, why don't I quit music and work at and just concentrate on my shitty, shitty day job? Ah, ah boy, the thirties. What a gr- what a great decade. <laughs> Sounds satisfying. Yeah, I mean, it really but, was. But, but I think I think it probably came from a pretty genuine place because you yourself said it's time to take care of the family sure, I've created. Yeah. And I mean, there is something to be said about that responsibility. It may not mesh perfectly with the rock and roll lifestyle, but as you also a, a sort of attested to there is a way to find a balance between yes. those things yes and i didn't realize that because i was young i mean my son i was 25 when my son was born right and i look back at that time just like is that legal because just like <laughs> i was so young because i mean all of my friends randy included are older are older parents and they had their um you know their 20s and 30s they had like fun and my 20s and 30s were like 
having my son wake wake us up, you know, early in the morning. That's just what you did. I'm not taking it back because I did. I you know, I love my son and I love that time. Right. It's just like it was. It was different, and I wish I could have gone. Um, I don't like regret very much, um, but I love guilt. Thank you, Falicism. <laughs> um, thank you. And by the way, thanks for this crucifix, Brian. That's very yeah. sweet of you oh. to give that. I'd, like, I'd, like you, the- I, I'd like you to look over your left shoulder right now and just think briefly. Oh, All right. I- think briefly about why we have things to be thankful for. Yeah. And I wanted to know how I ended up in my grandparents' basement. Where's the JFK poster? And then <laughs> nice. besides that, my parent my grandparents had, had a JFK. Yes. My parents had, our grandparents had a JFK bust like in that sort of oh, burnt copper look wow. sitting right on the bookshelf oh, next to all boy. the old readers digest well, abridged versions my, of classic stories. My dad's family, Irish Catholics coming from the depression, the first oh, yeah. the first people yeah. who got you know, they're like that dream, you know, of the baby boomer, you know, pre and post baby boomer thing where they like, they became solidly middle and upper middle class. Yeah. And you own a house, you got a car. Right. You're, it, you're, you're actually part you're of making, something. You're making f- almost four to five figures a year, you know, <laughs> just like, yes. But they, my grandmother was, I, my dad says just like, was so like, she thought like one of her children was president you know she was so proud of having an irish catholic oh yeah be president yep. yep and that's why um and that's why they had all that you know memorabilia that and uh, john the 23rd coins you know pope john the 23rd yes. anyone anyone hands hands i, I right. didn't have any of those coins i know who he is yes. yeah, yeah no we were very they proud were, of him yeah they were too that which uh, and then they put all that love into the uh, iowa hawkeye football team so anyway you know <laughs> it just like it bounces out you know here we go well okay let's hear a song and then i want to talk more to both of you about your progression and your lives and this major event coming up at the end of the month <laughs> All will be revealed coming up just ahead. I can't wait myself. Exactly. But you're going to have to, at least for the next two minutes and 14 seconds. This is a little band called Doug Collins and the Receptionist. Can you tell me at least, give me, don't give me the whole, I don't want the whole elevator speech. Give me one fun fact about Doug Collins and the Receptionist, and then please introduce this song. Um, first of all, I'm not quite sure what song it is, so I will be able it's to... It's called Drinking Again. We had a long conversation oh, we about did, it. but I we gave you a couple songs. That's, fu- that's fine. That's me. That's me. Uh, Doug Collins and Receptionists are a fun band. People like us, are try- and we really like that people like us. That was and your fun fact right there? That, but I don't know what else to say. We're a half from Minnesota, half from Iowa. Three Catholics and a Lutheran? Great. Um, Those are both better fun facts than we're really good and people like us. I think well, you'll well, like I us, mean, too. Is Randy the well, Lutheran? What am I supposed to say at the top Are of you it? the Lutheran? I'm, Methodist. Oh, you're Methodist. Methodist. I thought you were My Lutheran. My wife's a Methodist. My wife's a Methodist. Just two. Have we had this conversation no, this before? Is what not. is... Oh, now... Well, I've that. known Sean for 25 years, and with all the other similarities, they're both educators. Both a little bit type in. What? Well, well to, weird. Speaking they both of, speak, don't listen to this show, so we can say whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. Mine also <laughs> has a superfluous third nipple and a vestigial tail. <laughs> oh. No, we're well, just saying that well, they, neither one of them has ever listened. I did not know that. Look up Methodist in the dictionary. That's what you're going to read. You know, <laughs> Tell me about this song. Um, <laughs> Soon. So anyway, um, I wrote the song um, really quickly. It was just about somebody... Um, who had uh, gone on the wagon and uh, spectacularly f- for somebody rather than the- for themselves. And then when the um, relationship ended, they fell spectacularly off of it. Okay, okay here, we here we go. Well, it's time to start drinking again.
So you're saying at the end of a long-term relationship, if you've gone sober for someone else, it's possible to fall to complete pieces. I I don't know. I read about it. Um, <laughs> hmm. There's there's a mag- there was a magazine article, I think. It was an old TV guide. And, yeah, uh, that is this the bad it. high school graduation <laughs> speech where at the very end they revealed that that that, Hero of a person. Young, it's like Paul Harvey. Yeah. And now you know the rest, the of, rest of the story. Paul we'll, Harvey. We'll Good day. get back to Doug and Randy here in just a moment. I want to talk to my friend Sean for a minute here because Sean, in addition to being the producer, the really the brains of the operation, do you think that's fair? I don't know if anybody's ever called me the brains of anything. But. Well, okay. Well, I, I, it, it's the first time it's happened in four years. It might be the last time. So All just right. appreciate I'll it while it lasts. Oh, thank you. Anyway, he's also a realtor for Remax Results. And for me, this seems like, and again, I am on the outside looking in. I do not pretend to understand. I know that there's still thirst and demand, but it seems like this would be a time of year where people start to push the brakes a little bit. Yeah. It just depends on where they're at in their life. If you have kids in school, you're probably not moving during this time of the year, but you know, you're going through different changes in life. You might want to move at this particular time of the year. I know this. I know that most children, when they're small, when they're watching those, you know, shows like Taxi and mm. Little House on the Prairie, they nice dream. Time. They Dallas. dream that someday they'll grow up to be a realtor. <laughs> I know that was my dream. <laughs> that really wasn't. But, but, <laughs> but. But I do. Here's the thing. I do. Somebody said, "So why'd you become a realtor?" I'm like, "Well, nobody like decides to be a realtor. You do it because you got nothing else left at that point. You just want to slowly, you know, fade away, enjoy your life." I've seen some very smiley faces on Metro Transit benches of people who are willing to help me in my area. That's true. That's true. I don't think they were at I don't think they were at the final rung of the ladder, nor That's do true. I think you were, no. but it's not a terrible way to make a living. No. And I, it's a way for you to make a positive impact like you do because you treat people well. You know what people want. You pay attention. You do your homework and you help local bands in doing all that. Well I can't say it any better than that. Um yeah, I, I, I do love working with people. That's the coolest part about it. It can be very stressful if you get the wrong realtor that doesn't really care about you and they just want to make a quick buck. Um, I feel the same way about proctologists. That's exactly how I feel. Get to know them first. Um, what happened to my commercial? Uh, my, you know, my dad grew up building houses. We moved a million times and did all that stuff. And and uh, I don't know. I know a lot about the Twin Cities, a lot about this area, and will help you buy or sell whatever your situation is. Sometimes it's help mom or dad buy or sell, depending on what their situation is. Or the latest thing is because of our age, my friends' kids are starting to buy houses. That makes me feel just a little bit old. If you know somebody that's not possible, stop lying. Who's to looking us. to buy or sell? Six one two eight five nine two five nine four. I donate a portion of every buy and sell to an area musician or band of the buyer or seller's choice. Well, that seems like an that's awfully, like dealer's choice, but just, it's that's buyer like a or seller. Pretty, did you say you're a dealer? No, I said you're a dealer. House dealer? Your face is a dealer. My name is Brian Oak, and that's Sean Bernard, and I can tell we are going wildly off the tracks. So we're going to return our attention to Doug Collins and Randy Broughton. Um, What would you say, if you had to pick one, is the name of the band you're both in? If we had to pick up one name of the one band that we're both in together? Yeah, right now. What would you say that name is? I'd have to say Doug Collins and the Receptionist. Absolutely, I thought it was the Reductionist. Well, <laughs> that's the old one. So, oh, and, right. I'm a Receptionist. That, I, I <laughs> thought I thought it was the Retributionist. Oh, yeah. I, was, I thought it was more of an angry, up the bracket kind well, of thing. Well, that was that was phase one. That okay, was back then. Right, that was right. Randy was well known as a revolutionary and. Yeah. Uh, well, look he at him. I mean, no was, one's going to doubt that for a he second. He was tearing the system down from the inside for a long, long time. Amen, Thank brother. You. Thank you, Randy. You're Thank welcome. you. Not all, not all heroes wear capes, right, Randy? That's not right, all. Brian. <laughs> what would you say is the reason that you still love playing music? You've done it for so long. What would you say still motivates you? Like, I mean, like some days I walked into my place of work or the things that I used to love doing, I have an almost impossibly delicious and elegant vinyl collection and i will spend days at a time walking right past it not listening to one goddamn thing and so i have to imagine as a musician you know not not entirely unlike what we were talking about before why why do you still care why do you still want to make music well i guess number one is still fun so that's what motivates me more than anything also the people you get to play with is really a camaraderie there and I don't know. They, um, I think musicians, for the most part, are kind of a different, odd sort of group. 
I think that that's Agreed. probably that damning them with faint praise right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and back you up on that one. I'll, I'll push my chips to the center of that bet. And for some reason, I seem to fit him. They want me in that group. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we all have to find our tribe, right? You have Very to find true. your people and water yeah. finds its level. And that's, I mean, I made a post about that earlier today. You know, with kids going back to school, there are always the oddballs, right? There's mm-hmm. always the odd yes. man out, no matter what grade we're talking about. And the whole post I found, I'm not really one of those big affirmation guys. Like, oh, Hey, you know, like successories hanging on the wall. But I I read this thing today that was really powerful to me because I remember being an outsider for a long time. I was happy at home. I love school. I was just a shy, awkward, Dorcas Malorcas, right? And, but and a, a handful of people over the years reached out and really threw me a lifeline when I didn't know anybody and didn't know how to talk to people or what to do. And so I just wrote a thing encouraging, like, you know, as corny as it sounds, as after school special as it sounds, you see the kid eating alone for the five days in a row. Mm-hmm. Next week, go fucking sit down next to him and just say hi. You, you don't have to be besties. You are not obligated to make him your project or her your project or them your project but just be decent to the ones who seem like they're fringers and on the outside because man life is hard enough man i guess this applies to adults too but for kids in particular so when did you become if you don't mind me asking randy to really dig deep i'm going tmz here when did you become a mainstay in minneapolis music um don't be shy just let let it all hang out i suppose um gear daddies but I think I think we became almost more popular after we broke up. So and then also with Trailer Trash playing back in the nineties, all those Wednesday nights for I think seven years from nine to one. And at least right. Your alias alias with Trailer Trash is Yeah, Tyrone, which I didn't come up with that. I joined Trailer (laughs) Trash and Two weeks later, Nate says, oh, is it okay if we call you Tyrone? (laughs) I knew it was Nate. I just knew it was Nate. And I said, Okay. So and <laughs> I don't go by Tyrone. Did did he offer a reason as to why we were no longer calling you Randy? Well, we were calling you Tyrone. Was there another Randy in the band? Well, there was an Andy and a Dan. So, and I guess Randy or Andy. I got Dan, it. I got it. Sometimes it was hard to tell. <laughs> you understood that. If he calls off well, solos. I did, I did because I worked at a place that had two other Brian's already working there. They told me I had to pick a new name and I was reading Logan's run at the time. So I chose Logan. Oh, when I called my parents and told them I was now the receptionist at a hair salon and I had recently changed my name to Logan. What do you think they felt like in Rhode Island? What do you think they were thinking? Well, I know um, your dad called you Dorcas Morlarkus. Primed. <laughs> oh, too many times. Uh, Doug, same, <laughs> yeah. same question for you. Mm-hmm. When did you become the stalwart and the staple? You talked about walking away from it for a while to do the family thing. Right. What was... I, see, I wanted to call it the breaking point, but I, I guess the tipping point is what I'm actually looking for. At some point, you're like, I have to get back into this. Oh, sure. Well, yeah. when, when did you give up on being a good dad? No, nope, that's not music? what I said at all. <laughs> not at all, because we're talking about finding the balance, right? Right. And we so, should talk to my son's social worker before we go any further. Uh, <laughs> do we have to sign He's something? an adult. He's married. He's I a know. newlywed. Do he we? is a newlywed. God love him. Yep. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank oh. you. Children get old, and if they ever buy, I know where I'm going to sell them. Well, send them, sell them. I'm going to sell them. That's, that's even better. Country. Uh, I, know, I, I, I sell them to the, to the witch that lives out in the old hut in the woods. I find she gives a better price than most places on children. Um, what? Uh, I mean, I'm so like, sorry, I, that, Randy. I was, was sorry. not thinking of it. That was going that way. But sure. Yeah. Okay. Stay. At, at some point, you get that feeling inside oh, sure, you. And yeah. your gut starts to turn. You're like, I have to pick up a guitar. I have to write a song. I, do you remember the moment? Did it sort of evolve slowly, or was there a mad scientist? I'm going out in the garage and I'm playing music right now. No, I mean I always had a guitar around after I stopped because I always would play, and but I just had stopped writing and I was doing stuff in theater. I was writing plays and getting those produced. And Ooh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, a little something that's cool. For you. I had no yeah. idea. If you, you guys plays. had my trading cards, it would be on the back. But that's. What's your average? Uh, 0. 0.019. So nice. uh, pretty good. Yeah, that's, it was that's a also good, his blood was alcohol good, was, level. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. No, but um, I, had, I had, so it was always around. And then it was finally, um, I started playing in a cover band again. And it, we played, first time we played, we played at my friend's wedding reception. And I was a receptionist. So I said, let's call the band the receptionists. And then we started playing just way, way out. St. Bonnie, outer ring suburbs. Mm-hmm. And we would play there and then um, 
got divorced and then had a surprisingly large amount of time on my hands. Right. And um, and also, I think art is one of the best ways for people to process anything. And since this was kind of a big, huge life-changing event, and my son had left, uh, was living in Winona, had left and gone to school there, um, that was a really good way for me to start writing again. And I, so I started writing and then started going to open mics and... You know, you look for your community. And I mean, oh, yeah. exactly what Randy was saying about like musicians is when I was involved in theater, I mean, I love those people, but as soon as I started hanging out with musicians more, it's just like, well, th- you know, you said the word tribe and it's just like, and it's so true. Yeah. Like, just like there's a way that, you know, you walk into a place and you know, these are your people. And I never quite felt that with, I mean, I still loved being in theater because it's still a version of the arts. It's a way to communicate and a way to try and connect. And, but I connect, connected immediately so much more with musicians than I did with, um, with that. And I still do. I mean, I just feel really lucky to be, you know, I, I feel so grateful every day because I remember what it was like not playing and being on the outside and now playing a lot and like seeing people, you know, and considering like, you know, these are people I consider friends. I'm sitting next to Randy Broughton right exactly. now, by the way. You know, it's just like, to me, if you would have told little 25-year-old Doug Collins that, um, that he would have said Randy, no, he would have said, Randy Broughton, exclamation point, question mark, right. exclamation point. Like, are That's you fucking serious. with me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's true. And I'm, so I'm, I am grateful every day for every gig, every chance that um, I get to play and get that chance to like, and then... And the hang. Good it's people. All, and Charlie Varley's a good friend, he too. Is, and he is a good, great good friend. Guy, yeah. yeah, and that Billy Dankert is something yep. else as well. Yeah. And um, it's just, you know, it's the hang and it's the ability that what art does in creating and also sharing the art. Well, uh, and you're not, you don't feel alone in that because here's the deal. You have built an outfit that, frankly, in my humble opinion, is bulletproof top to bottom. I mean, oh. everybody you play with is rock solid. Yes. Up to and including yourself. Yes. And they wouldn't want to play with you if they didn't feel the same way about you. So when you find, again, it's one thing to find your tribe. It's one thing to find your group, your your socio circle, right? The people like, I'm going to show up at Palmer's and, hey, I know that person right. and that person, exactly. whatever. But then, you know, if you decide you're entering into a four-person marriage and it's not like you're on the road every day and all that kind of stuff, but it still requires collaboration. It requires incredible levels of communication Mm -hmm. and intuition and when you play live just like when we do one of these shows you know there are times you're like that was all right and then there are times you're like that was fucking amazing no one's ever done it as well as we fucking just did it yeah 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 and and and, but that's that's why we keep doing it right because you reach those peak experiences yeah Yeah. so fun nothing like it yeah oh yeah really there really is not i don't think i'm sure this is like the level for um what what you guys are doing is exactly what we do because like i said you just like you, you're with somebody, and there's a trust level, a huge trust level. And I know if I fuck up on stage, it's going to be, it's fine. It's totally yeah, you fine. You guys have it's, each it's, other's it's, backs. It's, I yeah, can tell it's that, not yeah. going to be like all of a sudden just like we're falling down the stairs. Right. You know, we all, as we've said in the many gigs that we've played, it's just like, we all fuck up. Yeah. And it's just like, and that's just part, and that's that's live music, folks. Well, It's also fucking rock and roll. Oh, it's okay? great. It's, I mean, like, the, if, if it were all pretty and polished and perfect every single oh, time. Oh, I would not like that at all. Because I have a friend who, like, they did a tour of Europe, and he said, yeah, we would practice the full set every day in the morning, and then we'd play it that night. And I'd be like, shoot me now. Oh, my God. Or else, I, why? I, would I know. hate that. Oh, I see. And I can't stand it. it From ha- top to bottom. I'm going to need you to pick it up coming out of the change right there. Okay. Right. Let's go. All right. Where's that funny story <laughs> after this one? You know what I mean? Just well, like- that's what I love about seeing Doug Collins and the receptionist is that there's so much great banter. You guys have a great time with the crowds. Yeah. Well, I think um, we, we, enjoy, we enjoy each other. I, and... I'd like to think that that shows for the audience because we want to. Ha- we all want to have fun. Well, we need to mention what's going on. That on September 28th, if you are a Patreon member, a friend of the show, you are invited, or a former guest of the show, right? You are invited. We're going to be on a riverboat uh, right by Fort Snelling. Uh, it's called Joyful Noise. Our fr- old friend Peter Bourne put this together. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, Doug Collins and the receptionist is going to be performing from 7 to 8.30. It's going to be a quick up and down. We're going to be on the boat at 6.30, show at 7. We're 
done by 8.30. And, and don't worry, the boat's not heading out into the river. No, it's not. I was just going to say, I can't wait to wake up in St. Louis. Exactly. Yeah, I would, but trust also, me, if also, he would do it, I would totally do that. That, oh, yeah, that, I would that wouldn't entirely break my heart, but we might need a couple of brunch sessions from you and the reception. Oh, yeah, well, I think we could work that in, because, I mean... We're not going down the river. We do right? have a vision, though, of someday doing something where we bring some bands and go down to the river, at least to, like, Red Wing. And back, maybe sure. Oh, if we're going down the river, we're going further than Bleep well, and no, Red Wing. Okay, of course we'd have to go to the beautiful Quad Cities, which nothing, is nothing, nothing better than the Quad Cities. It, um, you know, well, go to Davenport, um, and nothing better than Davenport for my. I, if any of my family is listening, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> if they're not listening, I don't know. I right. love it. So, Sean, <laughs> tell me this. Let's make it as like. Let's talk to our listeners like they're four year olds. If they are Patreon members, if they have ever been Patreon members, if they have been on this show, if they are true friends and family, how do they get a hold of it? How do they do the deal? Where do they I get have the info? already emailed everybody. Oh. Uh, so check your email. You're already and, on it, and uh, we've already had a bunch of RSVPs. We've already got about thirty six people that Beautiful. are there. Whoa. It only sits seats sixty five. So we probably, but there's lots of outdoor areas. There is, there's lots there of is. standing yeah. room. Yeah, so I we're mean, probably going to overbook it and we'll be fine. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, I'd rather have it be a little yeah. too tight in there yeah. than not tight. But enough. here's what's cool about it. this: is actually a uh, a real music studio. Yeah, on I the ta- boat. They yeah, do, they I was going to show there. Randy. I have. Uh, I talked to Peter yesterday, and he sent me a. He was super enthusiastic, which is great. Yes. You can tell that he's so proud, and you yeah. love that. And he should be because yes. he's done Acu- that. acoustically. It sounds right. so well, terrific. Well, we talked about what, yeah. what was needed. He was telling me everything, and that was you know that's always impressive enough. Yes. You know, yeah. And then, and I am not the gear person in the band. Randy knows all of that stuff, and they will. Randy and Billy are so good about. Oh well, we have this, this, and this, but it sounded really good. Yeah. yeah. And then he sent me a picture after we got done. I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ! It's, yeah. a, it's a sweet thing. I know. I mean, like imagine like a three-story riverboat, and one of those stories, the entire thing is a performance area and a bar and a recording sort of booth over here. Should they so decide to record? I, again, not the greatest board you've ever seen in your life, but. A professional quality equipment, uh-huh. to be certain. Not unlike the Brian Oak show here in the Smart Start MN oh, studio. Boy, it, very that, nice equipment. Up yeah, there. I was. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say <laughs> Randy's just been drooling over well, here. You thought it was going to be an. I, you thought we were just sitting in a room with an iPhone. I was going to hold my iPhone. <laughs> and I was it was an old cassette player with a you hit play and I, record. Oh. <laughs> That's how my radio career started, but that story's for another time. No, our friends at Audio Quip jumped on board before we ever recorded a single episode. Thanks to our friends Jared Brewington, Nate, and the entire crew over at Audio Quip. Without them, we don't have the gear that we have in this room. The studios are humble, but they are properly appointed, and it allows us to do what we do here, which is talk to Doug Collins and Anne Receptionist, at least for today. Um, well, let's hear another song. We've gone too long without a song. We have. And We're this one's play, called... See, look on the computer. You can see which song is Right next. there that one so tell me about this song right here now this one was written um right before the our friend the pandemic um stopped by and stayed for three years mm. and it was just like it was you know just a little heartbreak song and i was really proud of it and i think it sounded great and then um after the pandemic we started playing it and now it's always like the near the end of the set because just like things had changed so dramatically and so quickly um that this kind of, this song kind of took on a different cast to it than was originally anticipated so Just fine 
I like me some lonesome, pensive, pedal steel. Anyone in this room tell me who performed it on that song right there? Oh, ooh, pick me. Pick All right, me. Doug? It, Doug? Um, it is, um, as I was saying, a little boy. <laughs> From a little boy from Humble Wasika. beginnings. Humble beginnings in beautiful rural Wasika and then moved to the big town and then took the Twin Cities by storm, Mr. Randall Lee Broden. And now... Is it really Randall Lee? Yes. Oh, wow. He did he just, he 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 did, Well, he just up. told me the other day and I was just like, Lee is like the fucking best middle name. It really exactly. is. It's like... Because it's, like, oh, it's like, you know what? They put it there like more for flow, Randall Lee. Yeah, you know, it yeah. just like my, and nobody Catholic, doesn't like Randall and there's Lee. A, yeah, what about Sean Lee Bernard? Sean Lee, Brian Oak, I don't know. Brian Lee Oak, Brian Lee, Brian Lee. Yeah. Yeah. We may have found a dead Maybe, end right they there. Should have you, they should have named him Homely. Oh, ouch! Whoa. Before we continue with our guests and Hey-o. remind you once again about <laughs> their gig coming up at the end of the month, which is going to be pretty spectacular. We're going to have a good time out there on the boat. I do want to remind everybody about our most recent sponsor. He was our guest last week, or yeah. just recently on our most recent podcast, Scott McKay, the mortgage guy at Edge Home Finance. Now, I'm going to let Sean take the front on this because Sean is a realtor, and once you figure it out, you're going to get a house, then you got to figure out the financing. There are a lot of moving parts but if you work with the right people it can be a lot easier than it otherwise might be and there's a reason that you should call scott instead of automatically going with the lender you know or your brother-in-law or whoever why would people call scott before they try one of those well first of all because he's a pro yep. i mean he absolutely is that's part of the reason why we agreed to partner with him he's been doing this more than 30 years their brokerage so they that means that they can go to several other lenders to get you the best possible not just rate which is the only thing people think about but right. the actual package mm-hmm. so if you have less than perfect credit as many people don't have the best credit in the world they can build the right package so that you can work work more with your monthly budget and that sort of thing which again the first home that i bought absolutely we were there my credit was not great maybe i defaulted it on a student loan or two oh you know but, but everyone's got their story, everybody's right? Everybody's got their thing. I grew, yeah, I grew up in poverty, you, you so I was just thrilled like, even got to go to school. You right, know? right, right. It was the way it was. But uh, but he's just a really good guy. I have to mention his uh, NLMS number, which is 332-068. His phone number is 612-875-4338. He's a huge music fan. He grew up in Hopkins, lived most of his life there, was a literally like a roadie sound guy, light guy for a band way back in the day. And we love him having him as a partner on the show. Scott McKay, the mortgage guy. At Edge Home Finance. That's right. Now, we gave out his phone number. Did you also give out his Android serial number? What is that other I number did. that there's you a, just said? There's a certain... The hell was that? I was I, terrifying. I, like how, I love how that you were just like expecting everyone's going, oh, so that that's that number. What it really means is that like nobody on the planet Earth really needs to know that except for the freaking people that handle... Uh, right. You know, all that financing legal bullshit. Yeah. So that's really what it is. Yeah. So good good job leading with that. So I just, you know, when I hear, when I hear a six (laughs) digit number, I'm like, I feel feel like we're either in the movie 2001 or the Manchurian candidate. I'm not sure what's happening right now. I, uh, I helped Doug's special lady friend uh, buy and sell a house. And so I got to know Doug. Probably a little bit better than I wanted to. Wow. Oh, saying. that's so sweet. That, oh. I, I don't, I, it didn't sound sweet. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be honest. Oh, hold no, on. Now I, I, just, now I look back and was actually listening to what you said. I yeah. love that. I love this guy. I love him. <laughs> I love you too, Sean, you oh, big lug. Thank, now, thank you. don't, because I will, It's. I know this is also nicknamed the crying podcast, but I told myself I am not going to cry today. I'm going to be joyful and grateful. Oh, see, here's the thing. At least half the times I cry, it's out of joy. I mean, maybe it's more a- than half, but I mean, just when when someone walks by and sees a middle-aged to older man like myself blubbering in their car, even if it's because I love a song so much. I thought like their car, he had broken into someone's yeah, car just to start. Just waiting for them to come back to see me crying in the back seat. Yeah. I almost broke into tears. We went to see them at Dusty's, uh, Doug Collins and the receptionist. There was a little bit of a different band lineup because uh, Randy and Billy had to head north. But, but I came back in the room because they were playing this rocking song, and I almost reached waist high with my leg kick. And soon after that, Doug and the band played Kung Fu Fighting. We did just for me. We did. That's the kind of party we're in for on September twenty eighth. Did you do that kind of kick post sobriety? 
Yeah, I was totally sober this time. Because I've seen you. At My a, leg I've seen you nearly at reached waist level. Where, I mean, I, that would not have surprised me to hear it all. But that was a long time ago. And I think you and I were both just this side of a blackout that night. Oh, I Not that you that would day. live that way. Well. At Glicks, remember? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, night. yeah, you were up on stage. I was. Uh, I, know, I did really? R.E.M. Superman that night. Oh. Yeah. Used oh. to do that one way back yeah, in the know day. That. that was a fun one. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and let me be a prick one last time before we say goodbye. Who's the band that originally did Superman? This Oh, it's not R.E.M., I know it's that. Not, it's, it's not. not it's like circle? some 60s not the, band. Not the Circle. The... No, but that's a great it's band. Like by Martha, yeah. It's Martha and the Shondells oh, it's or something like, it's like a, that. It's a, it starts with S or C, right? You're right there. You are. And I, Who I, is it? And I've heard the original. It does not sound... It's n- like a 60s oh, song, R.E.M. isn't it? Way better. It's very much a 60s pop jam, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's cool, but I mean, if you grew up on, like we all did, on R.E.M.'s version, it sounds weird. It does, and it's not that... Who? I'm... The Click. The Click. Yes. Yes, C-L-I-Q-U-E, and that wasn't even a hit for them, Right, but I mean, they didn't really have a proper hit, but I just remember when I, back before the internet, you'd catch these little nuggets, and you'd yes. hang on yeah. them, and you'd be like, and someone would be like, oh, it's such a great song, and then of course, because when you're young and insecure, and you have half your hair hanging over one eye, <laughs> and you're like... You're painting a pretty vivid picture right now. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can you go much deeper. His pictures from pa- that. Paisley, Paisley shirts buttoned up to here with a little sword brooch across that, all oh. the way buttoned up. Pegged pants, hair hanging down over one eye, and then you get to lean over and be like, you know, this isn't an original, right? This is a cover song. You know who did it originally? <laughs> and you get to be that prick wow. because you're right. 18 years old. Right. And everyone's just like, God, he knows a lot. And God, I don't like him. It's yeah, what people no. all used to say to me. Too, and I was, close I was always like, oh, don't worry. Let me let me explain this. Exactly. Because everyone yeah. wants to see. And I looked like I was eight till I was 35. Just oh, yeah. yeah. No. I was that No, guy. that's no, not. I no. wouldn't say that's a that's a good thing. No, not at all. But um, Give me the rundown I'll, on the gig one more time, Sean, before we Sean, call please. the podcast. I'm going to say this. Tell us about what else you have coming up for other gigs. So we we know about this event. We've talked about it the 28th, and it's going to be a fantastic time. Limited seats for that. But what what other gigs, as uh, Doug pulls out his full uh, old school yeah. calendar that's literally you know, like know. 10 by 12... We are, uh, we, my family, my siblings make fun of my, my dad's 89. And every time you yeah. talk to him, you say like, oh, well, you know, I'm coming back to Iowa this day. And he always stops. He pulls out this little notebook and yeah. he checks his little calendar and we laugh at it. Then I realize I don't know anything without checking my phone. Exactly. Well, you're going to be you in know. Muscatine, Iowa. I, I'm going to be in beautiful soon. Muscatine, Iowa. Yes. Down. What, is, what is Muscatine? Is that like a soft drink? What, are we, what is Muscatine? It's a bladder infection, it's actually. right on the river. <laughs> it was the, it's, it's where they used to make, uh, and I don't know if they still do, but they're big. Um, and Charlie Varley's grandfather used to do this in the summer. Oh. It's where they used to, uh, they would get pearls to make pearl-handled pearl snaps for Western oh. shirts. So they would get all that stuff from the banks of the Mississippi. They would wash up there. Really? Yeah. That was the, that was their big, big lie. Thing. No, it's not. That's an amazing story. I know. So the, Charlie's the, grandfather used to work that. So Charlie wow. Barley, tell us. Yeah. Oh, you're not here. The, oh, that's the, right. The legendary pearl farmers of the Mississippi. <laughs> They're known for that. Collins is yeah. full of shit. Exactly. No, right. uh, Charlie Barley, that is full of shit. My de- my uncle was a an investor in a uh, tomato patch there when we were children, and we would go there yeah. and play. And they would. And honestly, we each got our own gas mask. And so we had this edit, because they were pesticiding. Yeah, I'm assuming at the time. Real. Yeah, so and you're did, running through a to- tomato patch in Iowa with a gas mask yeah, on. Yeah, my grandpa. And I was just like, "Oh, how cool is this?" And then you see those pictures of like World War One trench warfare, and yep. just like. And as a kid, it's just like that is cool. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I, it sounds like a dystopian future. Like <laughs> kids in their summer finery running through a, a, a so-called vegetable patch yeah. with their gas masks on. Oh, the seventies were a weird time for I think for everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I sat in the back of a Pinto station wagon riding all the way out to Oregon one year, and then I found out years later that if someone even tapped the back oh, end yeah. of a Pinto yeah, station yeah. wagon, it was the Hindenburg. And, right. it, and I did, I didn't find out till many, many moons. Later. Well, I think and your so, parents, your parents were wise. Like, to, why, why ruin a perfectly good childhood exactly. memory? Then? Well, right before they left, it was odd because he was signing something that looked a little bit like a will. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let, as, let, as you let, would let, notice that. What's this mean, Daddy? What's last, this, Daddy? Last will and testament, I, Mr. Oak. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I spent a lot of time with my plastic dinosaurs and my Star Wars action figures. Uh, all right, so are there are there other gigs coming yeah, up that you want to plug? Yes, we have, uh, we're playing the Cedar Inn. We're doing kind of a... Love that venue. Yes. We 42nd were, and Cedar right 40 there? 42nd yeah. and Cedar. Um, yeah, I love it, too. I, I lived a half Matt's, block from there did a juicy for Lucy three and years. Yes. Over. Yes, we. Yes, I know exactly. That, that little Melrose yes. place looking. Oh, it used yeah. to be the barracks Heather, for the fire department at the end there. Seriously, Heather had to stop. We had to stop one time, and we had to walk up there, and she uh, was telling me. Uh, and what, it does. It looks amazing. How did you? I don't. That's like a place. At, at the time, it was a relatively affordable apartment, and it's it's this big uh, horseshoe shaped thing that had six units in it, three floors, a basement, a very. I mean, again, very, but not very. A lot of square space, but a nice modest main floor, and then two bedrooms upstairs and a bathroom, and that's where that was the first place my wife and i ever lived together that's the place that we brought home our baby daughter Aww, we lived there forever so and then we sweet. just moved a little further south and a little further east but that's been my neighborhood now for 30, 30 years <sighs> age yeah that's not, um, it's not possible but yeah i guess <laughs> no it is, i know but isn't that um so cool. yeah we're playing cedar in what else is coming up we got cedar in uh in october we're doing that <laughs> we're we're played we don't really have a lot on the books right now we had a very very busy um Oh, you're at the state fair. We were at the yeah. state fair. We played down in Mears Park. We were um, we played uh, at Turf Club last week. Dusty's, um, yeah. Dusty's last week as well. So we had all this stuff. We're playing. I guess on the 28th, we're doing a show. I have a quick question for Randy. Did is your son out gigging now? I mean, he's, he's playing music. Yes. I know that. I have two sons, and they are in the same band, Buster and Louie. And it's Louie's, the younger brothers. His band. He writes. Pretty much all the songs. What's and the band called? They're great. Field trip. All right. Awesome. We got to check them yeah, out. They too, are so. really, real, they're they're amazing. This we'll put them in touch. We'll have them on. Yeah, the for sure. Yeah. I told I told Renee. That. I said, tell them to get in oh, touch with it. us. Yeah, we'll help promote his stuff. For Absolutely. Sure. Oh, that'd be great. That's yeah. what we do here. We're telling the stories about the people who live here and make the music here and who entertain here and inform and teach and do all those things. It's kind of the whole point of the bit. We thanked all the sponsors. Mm-hmm. I've told Sean that he looks very handsome today. Well, you both do. Oh, oh, guys, you're Randy, just, you're really Randy, flat suck up. <laughs> um, Randy and Doug, thank both of you, and we will see you at, at month's end um, for our next little celebration yes. for all the people who have been so forward. supportive so, of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, be thank you so much for having us both on the show and for the gig. It's really going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I'm looking a, forward to and it. And as always, this is... Um, a hoot and a half. Well, I think I'm going to add the half because that's the kind of generous guy I am. It's you just, are. It's gra- just gratitude based today. That's Collins. It's shooting the shit and it's drinking sparkling Italian sodas and mm. wondering what the poor people are doing today. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. Of course. Um, it's Char- time- we want Charlie and Billy to be jealous. That's my only goal. That's, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Well, this they- is so good, Charlie and Billy. You would oh, love this. And also being here is like some kind of magical dream. Anyway, fellas, sorry you couldn't make it. <laughs> Before we let you go, and again, thank you for coming in. You've picked an artist that if you put a gun to my head and said, Brian, tell me one thing about Hank Thompson, I would now be dead. So tell me who Hank Thompson is and tell me why this song. Uh, Hank Thompson was one of the Western swing guys kind of uh, in the wake of Bob Wills. So right around the time of, and Randy, I'm going to lean towards you. Round, Hank Williams, like little post Hank Williams, so I'd yes. say got, got had hits in the fifties and sixties. He has a great yeah. uh, has a great album called Smokey the Bar. Um, <laughs> yeah. Six Pack to Go was his kind of big hit. Right, you've heard that song. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the name of the record that we're pulling this song off of. Yes, and Randy and I heard um, we're going to a gig, and Randy said, we were talking, and Randy's just like, I absolutely love this song. And he starts singing it, and I'm like, "Well, now we have to Very hear it." Not that, it, yeah. Which you know, and trust me, after hearing Randy's acapella I version, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. but, we, we, but we played Tough it, and, and then um, yeah. it, it's just it's just one of those old time. And what you know, this is the big thing in country music now is like they say drinking songs are. There's no. It's all like we're going to get wasted. Let's celebrate getting wasted. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with getting out of your head. But I also think I love the songs like There Stands the Glass by Webb Pierce and this song where there's like 
you do do those things, and then there's just like, there's a price to pay for that as well. Sunday Morning Coming Down yes. is one of the greatest defining anthems of the other side. It's like going to White Castle. It seems like a great idea. Regret will find <laughs> right. it. Oh, it will yeah. find, and drinking, that kind of hardcore drinking, it can be a blast, but there will be a price oh, yeah. to pay. There's always, you know, yeah, there's always going to be, you're always going to pay the piper some way. Uh-huh. And this is like one of those ones, it's not even like that. Like the first time I heard uh, There Stands a Glass by Webb Pierce, I like freaked out because I just I'd never heard anything that was just like that direct about drinking. It's my first one today. That's what I was just like that hearing that and just being like, gee, and you know it's not his last. Oh no, you know, no, you know, no, 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 and you know he's going to get up and sing the exact same song the next day. And this is uh, a little <laughs> a happy respite from hardcore <laughs> alcoholism. And um, yeah, this is uh, Hank singing about uh, where he goes the next day. It's called Hangover Tavern. So bad this morning, oh, but I won't be feeling bad too long. I'm headed for Hangover Tavern. My head is heavy, my spirit's kind of low, and every time I feel this way to Hangover Tavern. Sunshine out, the beer is cold in a frosty cup. The good bartender cheers you up, saying, Hey, Lord, in me, if you feel bad this morning, then watch your blues just fade away at Hangover Tavern today. Jukebox down cause hey, Lordy me, I feel so bad this morning. But I'll drink my blues away at 